What is up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Dense Pixels podcast. Uh, we are, as the kids say, back on our bullshit for the first time in 2022. I gotta tell you, I feel like we haven't done this in forever because I feel like that there's been one topic in the news specifically that just keeps getting stories written about it in the past couple of weeks. And uh, and we're going to talk about it today, much to our chagrin. Yeah. Uh, Micah is also here. Hi. Hey, we're going to talk about fun stuff people. first, though, because I've, I've got a lot of games that I've been playing. Um, yeah. I got myself a little pre-Christmas present for myself, from me to me, because uh, I, I happened on Amazon uh, like the week before Christmas and... <laughs> Lo and behold, in stock were some Xbox uh, Series S's, no strings attached, like no bundles or anything like that. And I was just like, all right, fuck it. Let's let's go. Let's do it. You you adulterous whore. Yeah, <laughs> I've been playing. So so my goal with the Series S is I'm just going to have Game Pass and that's it. Like, I'm not going to buy any games for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best bet, especially for somebody like you. Um. But yeah, that's that's the best bet, right? Like you don't need the you don't need all the you know bells and whistles. Like you just want to play some of the games that they have. Yeah. And, and yeah, including uh the game that I've played the most since I've gotten it, which is Forza Horizon 5. Uh a substandard racing game. <laughs> but crucially a very good open world game. And that's why I've been putting so much time into it because what's weird. So like if you, if you like to do circuit racing, which is what I like, like to do in my racing games, this is a bad game. Like, like the circuit racing stinks. <laughs> um, like it's still taking place on streets. It's just like, they're all street courses, but they're all dirty. Cause it's in Mexico. And like, it's not like you're racing on nice pavement and all the races. You are might wanna, You might want to, you might want to re, Re, uh, restate that last statement. Uh, <laughs> but not all dirty because you're in Mexico. No, but but you're but you're you're not you're not you're not racing on like you know you're not like racing on tracks professionally paved you know like roads yeah. right like you know what I mean. So also, Micah's drivatar is an asshole. Like that's also <laughs> annoying because I'm just racing against people on my friends list essentially because that's how the game works. Um, but like all the races are three laps. Like that's lame. Um, if you do like the street races, which are the better races in the game, that and like the off-road stuff, those are like sprints where you have like a predefined start and finish and you're just trying to get there as quick as you can. So like I said, as a racing game, it's not the best, but what it does that's really good is it does the great like thing that a good open world game makes you do where like, you're like, all right, I'm just going to do this last thing and then get off. And then all of a sudden, you know, get offline. And then all of a sudden, like on your mini map, you're just like. It's over there. Like I see something on my mini map that I want to go check out. There's a there's a barn rumor that has a classic car that needs to be restored. And I'm just I'm right near it. Like it'll take me two minutes to go to go find that fucking barn. Or oh, like there's these there's these roads on my map that I haven't explored yet because I get XP for you know drawing in the lines on the map essentially. Like that's pretty cool. And all of a sudden, like you you know, you're fucking around and you know, it's like, oh, you've unlocked the new Horizon Adventure. I'm like, oh, I did. Well, I might, I might as well do that while I'm here. And then, like, before you know it, you spent an extra, like, you know, 30 minutes playing the game just because there, there's there's shit that's just there for you to do. Like, like if they put an XP board by me, like, I'm going to go smash through it. I'm not just going to leave that there to, <laughs> to go to go find it another time. 
So it's really good at that. And that's and that's why I've been playing. Uh, that's why I've been playing it. There's a lot of cars in the game. Um, like if you like any kind of like if you're if you're if you're into any cars, like not necessarily like cars in general, but just like specific cars, like you're going to love this because there's like everything in the game Did I go out and buy a DB five on the marketplace as soon as possible. You bet your ass I did. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, you're damn right. I did that. Did you know, did, did I just get a, the, the McLaren, the AMG one, the car that you start the game with, uh, that you drive in the festival with in a, in a wheel spin the other day. Fucking right. I can't wait, wait to race that thing. But also, while I am enjoying the game for now, I know that when GT seven comes out, I'm probably never going to touch this game again. Like, like yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is, it is like the junkiest junk food of, of car games. Like it really is like scratching like the burnout paradise itch for me. And that's what it does really well. So, but it's fun. The, uh, people have been, people were saying that that could have been a game of the year. Contender. It was, it was IGN's game of the year. Wow. Really? As an outlet. Yeah. They gave they gave a game wow. here. I don't know about all that. Like that, yeah. that that's, that's pretty hot. That's now now that I've played it, I'm like it's a really good, <laughs> it's a really good Forza Horizon game. But I'll, and I, but also realize that like if you're if you're into like it's going to cater to people that like arcade racing more. So like if you're an arcade racer, like this is great. Um, if you're like if you like more sim racing, like this is on the furthest arcade side of sim that you can possibly be before you get into literally arcade racing like you can tune your cars and adjust you know you can tweak finely tune them if you want to (laughs) but because the races are so short and because because you're not racing like you know these like you know 20 lap races or anything like that like it's not going to matter that much like it it doesn't change how the car feels to drive all that much like the long like i did the goliath which is like this is the longest race in forza horizon history and it's like a 20 minute race like that's like a race in gran turismo that's not that's not yeah that's not yeah i've had uh i've had hour-long races in gran turismo too yeah you know what i mean those those still exist in gt sport and they'll still exist in gt7 like like i've literally (laughs) sat in my chair racing on on cirque de sarth which is the le mans circuit for an hour and 10 minutes, like doing, doing several laps around that thing because it's an eight mile long track and it takes fucking forever. Like that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what sim racing is closer to. Um, Forza horizon is an open world game that just happens to take place in cars. Like it, like it's literally like the breath of the wild of, of the racing genre. <laughs> so it's, but it's fun. Like I said, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm casting shit on the game, but I don't mean to It's, it's a fun game. And I'm having a good time, but it's also going to be immediately dropped uh, once we get into the February uh, apocalypse release season. That is that is <laughs> impending. Uh, I've also been playing the game that Mike has been playing the most. And so I'm going to let him talk on this a little bit more because um, I haven't been playing it a lot. It's Halo Infinite. The first Halo game I've ever played, by the way. Really? To any For, for any length of time. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Um I'm curious to hear what you think about it. But um I I I put a lot more time into it. And um I put a lot more time into the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. That's all I've been playing. I don't I don't care for the single player campaign. Um, you know, they made a big deal about like Halo being in like an open world now. And yeah, it does have 
uh, an open world, but that's just to kind of, you know, mess around in. Um, the story missions, at least the ones that I've been on, have all taken place underground in, you know, corridor hallways. And then when you're done, then you op- you go back out to the open world where you can, you know, kind of just have fun. And um, I don't care for the story missions. I, I, I don't know what's going on. The, uh, the story missions, them being just in like linear hallways, it, it's not interesting. The level design is not interesting. What is interesting is the open world part. Um, but there's only so much of that that I can take before I just kind of get bored with it. Like I like, I like zipping around, uh, with the, uh, with the grapple shot, the hook shot. I mean, let's just call it what it is. It's a hook shot. They stole it from the uh, legend of Zelda. And, um, and that's cool and all, but the campaign, the thing that I was actually waiting for, um, doesn't, doesn't do it for me. What does do it for me is the multiplayer. Look, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, a professional, like, first person shooter guy, right? Like I generally do not care for them. Uh, do not care for like multiplayer aspects of it. Uh, I'm weird that way, but yeah, I, I really like this. I like every single game mode. I like, um, I like, I don't like all the maps, but I, I have ones that I absolutely love and ones that I'm just like, all right, like I'll play on this map, but the maps are interesting. And some of the maps have, um, you know, they're they're tailored for specific game modes. I like every game mode. I like every game mode. There's one game mode called Fiesta where each time you spawn, you uh, you get a new weapon, and it keeps things fresh and fun. There's your regular free for all. There's your regular team Slayer. Um, there's tactical Slayer, which is basically no shields, no radar, and you get a three-shot rifle, a three-shot burst rifle. Um, headshots kill instantly, and uh, body shots may take up to anywhere from two to five, depending on where you hit, but it's really fun, um, if a little bit frustrating. Um, big team battle uh, is is hectic and fun. Uh, you know, you're controlling all these zones and you have to get all three of them to score a point, but like, it's, it's super fun, man. Um, they have this event going on where if you do certain challenges, you get this, uh, you get this samurai armor and you know, the weeb in me, I have to have a samurai armor, right? (laughs) Even if I'm not going to see it, right? Like I have to have it. And it's super fun. I'm I'm one challenge away from finishing my weekly challenges, and the weekly challenges start on Tuesday at one p.m. And I'm I'm almost I'm almost through them. So you did um, buy the battle pass, is what you're saying? Uh, yeah, I bought. Of course, I bought the battle pass. <laughs> Get out of here! I, was, I didn't buy the. T- I wasn't sure you were you were very non-committal the last time that we talked. Uh, n- nope, I'm 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 in. I am I'm down. <laughs> I am down. <laughs> Mark me down. Um, yeah, I didn't buy the, I didn't buy the, the $28 battle pass, but Mm. I did buy the, the $10 battle pass and I've gotten my $10 worth out of this game. Um, I might get another one, but, um, 
you know, when next season, but we'll see. We'll see how I how I feel about it. But yeah, man, I really dig the multiplayer, man. I love it. Uh I feel like Time to Kill is 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 balanced perfectly, right? Mm-hmm. Like um it'll take a full clip of your battle rifle to maybe take somebody out. Um but it, de- depending on what weapons you have, like there's one there's one like uh, uh revolver type weapon where a melee and one bullet will kill them, man. And like, it just, it feels great, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. I fucking hijacked a, somebody was riding around in a, in a, in a ghost or whatever. And I used my grapple shot in multiplayer. I used my grapple shot to, to latch onto the thing, to hijack him out of it. It killed him. And then I turn around and I kamikaze into his buddies. It's just fun, man. It's super fun, um, and and I'm halfway decent at it. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. Now I'm very curious because this is your first ever Halo. Yes. Um, and my favorite, my favorite Halo from a story perspective is Halo Reach. It was the last Halo that Bungie ever did. And um, if if I if I'd have known you were going to get an Xbox and play a Halo, I would have suggested play Halo Reach first. Um, but I, I'm very curious to see your opinion on this game. So it's, it's funny, um, coming from destiny, which I've played a lot of, it's interesting to play halo. Cause I'm like, I know three, four, three's had it for a decade now at this point. Um, but like the D like you can obviously see like where the DNA of destiny's gameplay came from when you play halo. As someone like I said, who's played a lot of Destiny, um, it's it, but it's it's it, and you can also kind of see where Call of Duty um, <laughs> evolved out of, like it, with Halo, because you know Halo, of course, predated Call of Duty, um, and it just leans harder on the you know the gunplay side of it, I guess, and not necessarily like the movement and you know like like the the speed. Of Halo. Um, I, too, have been spending most of my time with Halo in multiplayer because it is very fun. Um, It's interesting after playing this, like, I don't understand how anyone would prefer Call of Duty if they've played both games. Like, Call of Duty just feels slow when you compare it to Halo. Like, it's fast-paced. It's fun. And it feels like it's, it's that little bit of, like... It's that it's got that little bit of bullshit where like you don't care when you die because like it's so wild and and you know fat and and crazy that like it should you know shit happens it is what it is like yeah. sometimes you get you know you get crushed by a team that's not fun like it isn't any game, um, but it's also a game set up for for big plays which I love like that's that's also that Destiny DNA like where you know you can have someone on your team where you can you know do something really cool. To, to to lead to your team winning, especially in some of the objective modes, like if you're playing CTF or oddball or something like that. Um, as far as, so I, I'm enjoying the multiplayer a lot. Uh, as far as the campaign goes, I played the first two missions. Um, it's fine. Like the story, the story seems incredibly boilerplate. Um, I'm not very impressed by what the story is so far, or just like, the master chief character 
or anyone around the Master Chief character right now. And really, like, the first thing that I realized when I started playing this game and just kind of knowing the the history of the series in a lot of ways is I'm like, you know what I should probably, like, if I do want to get in the Halo campaign, you know what I should do? I should probably just go get the Master Chief collection and play the first three plus reach and and call it a day. Like, I probably don't need to play through the campaigns of four, five, and infinite to appreciate <laughs> To, to, be perfect, to be perfectly honest, um, you can just play Reach, you can play ODST, mm-hmm. and maybe the first Halo, and that's about it. Yeah, two and three, not worth it? Two is two is fine. Three, not so much. Hmm. Four, I mean, get out of here. Five, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, yeah, those, those are those three Halos, mm-hmm. uh, and you can play them, you can play them you can play reach first. Cause that's like a prequel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it stars a cast that are way more interesting than master chief. Yeah. Right. And ODST again has a cast that's way more interesting than master chief. And then there's master chief in the first one. And it's like, all right, you know, he's, he's your typical, like faceless soldier. He's a cipher, right? He does badass things to make you feel like a badass, right? Like I get it. But, um, but if you want like, story mm-hmm. and you know characters that you actually give a damn about like reaches it we'll see like i said I, it's not high on my priority list I, i'll continue no, to fuck no. around with with infinite's multiplayer which by all accounts from what everyone says that actually knows about the series is very good compared to the last couple of outings especially um yeah but that's a lot of fun and i'm looking forward like what i what i'm actually really looking forward to is when like fire team mode shows up at some point and things like that, because that I think will be fun to do like with you and, and, you know, listeners and stuff and things of that nature. So I could see, you know, diving into that stuff a little bit more because I've heard nothing but good things about that mode specifically as well in terms yeah. of, uh, in terms of how that goes. Um, I've also been playing a couple games on my switch and I'll talk about one and then I guess we can toss an ad read in and then I'll talk about the other one. So I'm not droning on for, for 15 minutes. Um, so the first one I'll talk about, it's a game called Unsighted. So I, I downloaded this and Death's Door because I'd seen them showing up on a lot of like top 10 lists. And Death's Door, I'd, I'd wanted to play anyway. It's not on Game Pass anymore, so I, I bought it on Switch. Um, and I started playing it, and it's just not clicking with me at least right away. I'm still really early in the game, but it just feels like that it's lacking something and I don't know what that something is. So I checked out Unsighted and I'm really enjoying Unsighted. So Unsighted is very akin from a gameplay standpoint to like a top-down Zelda because you're going around on this, you know, on in these environments and you're going into these dungeons and, you know, solving environmental puzzles and, and things of that nature. Um, the combat is definitely a little bit more involved than your typical Zelda game. It's not as forgiving as a Zelda game um, requires a little bit more precision. It's, it's, you know, it's a, it, it feels like a cliche to call every slightly harder than average combat souls. Like at this point, it's definitely not <laughs> souls like, but it's not easy. Like, like, like it's, if, if, if you, you can't mash your way to victory, you have to be smart and precise with what you're doing. Um, but what's interesting about Incited is the story is of this, you know, here's the world. 
humans are gone because they fucked everything up as humans are wont to do. And all that's left is these automatons they built to help them, you know, carry out society. But the automatons are, have gained like some kind of sentience, but they're good. Like they're not, it's not like they killed the humans or anything like the humans fucked themselves and the automatons are all that's left. But the automatons all have like, they're, they're kind of like replicants that they have these like fucking timers in them where after a certain amount of time, uh, they'll go unsighted, which is where the name of the game comes from, which basically being like, they kind of turn feral and they lose their mind essentially. And you know, and that's, those are the enemies that you're fighting as you're fighting unsighted um, automatons where it gets interesting is that every single NPC that you talk to in the game and your character all have like this doom timer uh, that's present in the game where it's like, you know, so-and-so has X, X amount of hours left before they go inside and it. And it rate the, the time frame varies wildly. And so the game takes place in, you know, like real time, like not, not real time, our time, but like there's a, there's a continuing clock in the game essentially that runs on a day night cycle. And there's a, there's a resource in the game called magic dust that you can give to an automaton to extend their life by 24 hours. But the thing is, is that this magic dust is a fixed resource. Like there's only so much that you can get in the game. Mm-hmm. So you can't save everybody. Like there are people that are going to die. And the thing is, is that it's not like just random people that you run into. Like the shopkeepers and like the vendors in the game are all like all have this fucking doom timer. And if somebody dies you can't partake in their services anymore. And it's not like, like when the weapons guy dies, that there's just another weapons guy in town somewhere. You just can't buy weapons anymore at that point. Like you can still, (laughs) you can still craft them, but like you can't buy them. And like, if the, if the, if the robot that does your upgrades, uh, kicks the bucket, uh, guess what? You're not upgrading your weapons anymore. Like, like that's literally (laughs) how it works. And, and all of them have this like pet project that they're working on. And they're like, Oh, I'm trying to do this really cool thing. I just hope I have enough time to finish it off. And so like, you, like you're not going to get, you're not going to be able to get like all these, all these like premium bonuses from them. So that's really cool because it adds this, like, you know, this element of you have to basically decide who lives and dies. I would assume if your character goes on sighted that you've like game over, like you lose the game. So like, that's another uh, yeah. thing you have to worry about as well. <laughs> um, so that's really cool. And what's also really cool is that you can actually turn that off. So like, if you, if you don't want to deal with the stress of, having to uh to let N- npcs uh eat it after a while uh you can just disable the timer and they'll all live and you know you can play through the game how you want to um but on site it's pretty cool if you if you like that sort of action adventure game uh i'd recommend checking it out it's pretty nifty um <coughs> good soundtrack too uh it's like i'm digging it i like i expected to like it i didn't expect it to like it as much as i am right now so that's on switch and pc i think it's on other consoles too but i know it's on those two for sure um so give that a shot if if that sounds interesting to you and now mike is going to sell you things this thing is getting rave reviews yeah um all right i'll have to uh i'll have to look it up and pretend that i'm gonna buy it and then really not buy it or buy it and don't play it yeah, that's, that is that is what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> go to densepixels.com slash fans to be invited into our Discord. Um, when you go, uh, Discord's kind of cool. And we got like a lot of different channels to talk about things. And 
uh, you can promote your streams in the streams channel, or you can uh, send us uh, messages in the post office that we will read. So go to densepixels.com slash fans. Go to youtube.com slash densepixels and subscribe. Smash, super click that uh, subscribe button. That's that's something that I stole from uh, uh, another YouTuber. Um, and you can see us. You can see me, uh, and I'm sick. You can uh, you can see Brad looking very Bradley. Um, <laughs> so yes, go to youtube.com slash densepixels. It's a new year. And it's the same old shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to all of our uh, all of our shows, um, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, including the Nerdpocalypse, Black on Black Cinema, Coming Distractions, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward. And uh, go to densepixels.com slash premium to uh, sign up for our premium content for $5 a month or $50 for the full year. Now, before I rattle off all of the stuff that's going to be on the premium content, I've, I've, had, a, uh, I've had a meeting with Jay. And um, if he hears this, uh, great. But I've had a meeting with Jay, and we're going to retool some things. Um, and we're going to uh, uh, make sure that we get more premium content out there this year. Um, so more episodes of No Time to Bleed. Uh, there'll be shorter episodes, right? Like we're not doing, we're not doing two-hour diatribes anymore, right? But we, we, and instead of one two hour podcast every six months, we're going to try to do a 45 to 60 minute podcast every month. Um, so that's, that's one of the things that we're going to, um, that we're going to try and start doing. Um, and, uh, you can listen to all of our back episodes of things like, the airing of grievances, our Seinfeld podcast, uh, the aforementioned No Time to Bleed, uh, which I guess we we still have to do your movie, the movie that uh, that you wanted that you wanted to do. Oh, I didn't I didn't uh, request it, but I'm happy to be doing it. So, oh, excellent. Yeah, um, the Men with the Golden <laughs> Tongues. When we wanted to do it, it was really timely. So <laughs> just because yeah, because there was a <laughs> presidential transfer of power. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Men with the Golden Tongues, uh, which will have uh, the next episode. Uh, now, the, the, here's a here's a peek behind the curtain, folks. Uh, this is a programming thing between Brad and I. Just 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 you know, listen along, see how the sausage is made. <laughs> Do you want to? Um, uh, no time to die is is available is out on uh, home video. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you want to do? Do you want to take a break from the Metal Gear? Uh, um, series mm-hmm. to do that, or just finish out the Metal Gear series with three and four. Oh, we can't. Uh, we can't leave the people <laughs> for for James Bond deep dives like that. Like like we could definitely. Uh, yeah, I figured. I mean, that's no the, time to die. Yeah, that's that's the name of the show. I yeah. mean, the, you know, the name of the show is you know it's a James Bond pun, right? So, okay. So the next episode, uh, January's episode will be, uh, of, uh, our, our, our expanded thoughts and review of no time to die and, um, a little more, uh, thoughts about the future of the bond franchise. Um, upstage conversation, Carrie's still, uh, plugging away at that. And the four episodes of the look forward political podcast. I'm very much looking forward to that show. 
uh, coming yeah, it's back. Be fucking insane this week. So much, so much <laughs> shit happening. Um, I'm recording that tonight after I record this. So, uh, like I said, you'll get to see me, and I'll probably have a drink in hand because that's the only way we're going to make it through uh, this political <laughs> minefield landscape. Uh, and also because I've been tossing this at the back of the show, but I want to toss it up front. Uh, go to go to twitch.tv slash dense pixels and make sure you follow on Twitch if you use Twitch TV um, on the main dense pixels channel. And of course you can follow all of us as well. Uh, I'm dense pixels, Brad carry us up. It's carry uh, Terrence's apparition for 10, uh, but we're going to be looking to utilize the Twitch channel more uh, in the coming year, including possibly doing dense pixels L I V E live uh, when we do it. Uh-oh. So you guys can uh, check that out. So again, make sure you follow us there as well. Uh, the other uh, game that I've been playing. So it's interesting. So like, uh, you know, my quest to play every roguelike deck builder continues in earnest. <laughs> um, and so that's led me to, you know, occasionally to genres of games that I would never probably seek out on my own. So there was a, game series that came out in the in the early and mid aughts uh that was very popular on the Game Boy Advance console uh called Mega Man Battle Network and for those of you unfamiliar Mega Man Battle Network is a sort of like a I'd call it a real time tactics game uh that takes place on compete so like it's you versus an opponent or or multiple opponents and it takes place on each of you you know on a three by three uh 2d grid that you can move around freely and you'd have to equip mega man with um like circuits or chips i think they called them that gave you attacks that you could perform but the attacks all had a specific um like pattern kind of like you know kind of like an area of effect or like like an area you know a square a tile that they would affect on the opposite side um based on what it is so you'd have to like tactically maneuver stuff in real time it's it's a very popular niche series uh, especially in japan um but they haven't made them in a while so there was a developer who in you know a couple of years ago really wanted another mega man battle network game and i don't think capcom's planning on doing that at any point uh, so he made one himself and incorporated that gameplay into a roguelike deck builder. And that is a game called One Step from Eden. So it literally is Mega Man Battle Network, like where you're you're on a four by four grid, you, you and your opponents. Um, but instead of having chips, you have a deck of cards and each card has they're, they're spells basically that you can cast. And you'll ever you'll only ever have two in your hand at a time. And when you use one, it goes into your discard pile. And then the next, you know, one from your deck comes into play. And and you know, once you exhaust them, you know, your deck reshuffles and and you start anew until the battle's over. And I was not expecting to be com- like hopelessly addicted to this game. But I'm hopelessly addicted to this game. I'm also really bad at it because it's hard. Um, <laughs> because so like, it, it's very slay the spirey where like you have these paths and you have some choice over which way you can go and you can see what encounters that you're going to endure along the way. Um, after every battle is one, you get a choice of three cards that you can add to your deck. Uh, if you know, if you get like treasures and stuff like that, those are relics that give you like permanent passive effects, uh, that affect your run differently. Um, there's nine characters in the game each of which has at least two different builds uh, that determine like your starting loadout 
essentially, and they each have like special abilities that are unique to them, which is pretty cool. Um, and the thing that I think this game does that's really cool in the deck building space is that you can determine. So like, there's like, I think 10 types of cards. And what I mean by types of cards, like if you, if you're familiar with magic, the the gathering, think of each type of card as a color and each color has like certain themes associated with it. You can, when a run starts or anytime during your run, really, you can pick your, your, the, the, the two themes that you want to focus on. And by picking those themes, you're not guaranteed to get cards of that type showing up in your rewards, but you're far more likely to do it. So you have a lot more influence over the type of build that you're trying to do. And it just lends itself to a lot of experimentation, which I think is very fucking cool. Um, in games like this, like in Slay the Spire, you're completely beholden to RNG Jesus as far as being able to, to build a competent deck that flows. Um, in this game, you have a little bit more direction over what you're doing. Um, game is really fun. It's really fucking hard. Like the battles are all fucking, are all fast paced. Um, to complete a run, to make it all the way to Eden, you have to go through eight different worlds, essentially. And each world has you know, like six different encounters that you're going to have to go through, including a boss battle. Um, the bosses are very difficult. I mean, like anything else in games like this, they have a pattern to them. And once you learn the pattern, it's a lot easier. Um, I've only made it as far as the fourth of eight worlds so far. And I've, I've played this game probably about five or six hours at this point. So um, I'm going to keep grinding away at it. But if you are a fan of the Mega Man Battle Network series, uh, I would highly encourage checking out One Step from Eden because this game's really cool and it's got a theme like it's got the fucking weebiest theme. It's light on story, but the aesthetics are very anime, which I don't like. Uh, but for some reason, <laughs> it's not bothering me. So, so I'm I'm happy to play the game. Uh, I'm a little miffed that there's not really much story to tell, but I guess in a game like this, you don't really need it. Um, but it's fun and. Like I said, I, I wasn't expecting to be into this as much. I picked it up on a on a pretty good sale on the Switch, and I probably played that more than I've played anything else over the past uh, the past week or so. Hmm. Very cool. Okay. Uh, there are no new releases this week, if you believe it. <laughs> I believe it because it's the beginning of January. Um, yeah. How, however, <laughs> uh, there are three new games that PlayStation owners can get for free. Uh, from the good folks at Sony. Uh, the first one is Persona 5 Strikers. That's on PS4 or PS5. Uh, a spinoff of Persona 5. Uh, Carrie says it's very good. Worth checking out. I'll uh, play that. Yeah. And now it's free. Uh, Dirt 5 is available on PS5 and PS4. This is, you know, the next game in the Dirt series. Uh, off-road <laughs> racing. So if you're a racing fan, check it out. And then there's Deep Rock Galactic. And I'll be interested to get Terrence's thoughts on this because I saw Terrence playing it last night because I was playing it last night because I heard nothing but good things about Deep Rock Galactic, which is a game where you play as dwarven miners that are mining asteroids in space. Like that's literally what you're doing in the game is you're, is you're mining ore uh, and, and getting into conflicts with like these bugs that reside within the asteroids. Um, it's a cooperative game. There's like different classes and, you know, different classes have different things <laughs> in terms of like being good at drilling or combat or scouting <laughs> things like that. Um, it looked really fun. 
and I bet you this game, this seems like one of those games that is way more fun if you're playing with people that you know, because you can play up to four players cooperatively. Um, I played it pretty much. Sing- I, I played it solo, um, solo with the like helper robot that they have when you play solo. And I and I queued into some like public lobbies with folks, and I just wasn't feeling it. At least yeah. not at first. <laughs> so. I'd, I'd be because I this it's a quirky game and and Terrence likes his quirky so I'm curious to see uh, what he thinks about this. So uh, you notice how you notice how Brad said that he's curious how Terrence would what Terrence's opinion of it is because he knows good and hell well there's no way I'm playing this game. I mean it's ba- it's basically like the miners version of No Man's Sky so I don't expect you to play this. At all. Yeah no get out of here <laughs> get out of here. Oh hey you and your buddies can go to work no. You literally, you literally are, Mike. Like, we, like when you come across an ore vein, like you bust out a pickaxe and chip shit away and try nah. to get it out of there. It's, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. Um, it just, it didn't click with me, and I was disappointed because that seems like the kind of thing that I might get into. All right, so to punish us, and and by proxy punish you, the listener and 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 viewer. Because we missed two weeks ago because my Verizon internet um, almost or because it did crap out and because it almost crapped out again this week and because of the holidays. Um, typically, you know, holidays, pretty slow news time for the video game industry, which which is great because that way if we miss a week, you know, we're not missing a whole lot. But the gaming universe decided to pick these past couple of weeks as the weeks to just have a geyser full of shit. Coming up from the ground uh, to spew out all of the NFT news that you could possibly want in the video game industry. Uh, we lead off with what I'd have to imagine when you heard about what NFTs were. And when you learn that it's basically like the just the latest grifty speculation scam that kind of exists out in the marketplace. And it was coming to the video game industry. Surely some of us thought of one name that would ri- that would emerge from his hibernation of doing fucking nothing in the gaming industry for the past several years <laughs> and poke his bald head up among <laughs> among the clouds like a fucking video game Jeff Bezos and get in on this fucking grift as soon as humanly possible. So if you're surprised to hear that Peter Molyneux is all the way fucking in with NFTs, do you even know Peter Molyneux at this point is my question to you. And apparently he's already made $53 million from this. This is gross. (laughs) Because he's selling. He like he's basically developing a game where people can currently buy up land like a like a fucking 19th century speculator in the in America <laughs> in in this game and and like he like like there's a plot of land in the game that he's literally sold for $900,000 so far Jesus Christ which which has to be made the purchases have to be made with you guessed it Micah Cryptocurrency. You can't just give actual money for these for these uh, land NFTs. That's what he's calling them. They're land NFTs. 
Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know. I mean, have we hit idiocracy yet? We're, have we? We're just getting started with NFTs, buddy. With, with, with this whole <laughs> shit. Uh, digital prospectors with land with a land NFT can then found their own quote in game blockchain business association. <laughs> With the idea being that you will then earn your money back and then some. I mean, yo, I, if if that idea doesn't sound suspicious to you, the fact that it's coming from the the personification of overpromise under deliver <laughs> should tell you something. Like, come on, man! Like, <laughs> like this is ridiculous, dude. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I'm I'm happy. I'm just happy for him that he can finally come through on his fucking. You know, if you plant a seed, you can watch it grow <laughs> into a tree. Like that could literally happen on your fucking NFT plot of land that uh, that oh, you can buy shit. from Peter Molyneux. Good God, man! Like, th- like th- this is insane. <laughs> so, fuck Peter Molyneux. Um, now. The company that first went fucking whole hog, like the first major publisher that saw the dollar signs, right, and just fucking lit up was 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 Ubisoft. And they <laughs> so they have like these NFTs that they've created for Ghost Recon Breakpoint um, where if you like play like, oh, if you play 600 hours of Breakpoint, you can get this cool helmet <laughs> NFT that's yours and only yours. And then you can go on to the Ubisoft court store and sell it to people. And people are going to want to buy it because it's unique because NFTs are the future. <laughs> and, you know, of course, Ubisoft wanted to get on that because if you're selling it on the Ubisoft court store, they're going to get a percentage of the sale every time it sells. And that's great. They're going to make all sorts of fucking money. So people were listing these NFTs on this site for just like gobsmackingly stupid amounts of money, like $600, $6,000, like, you know, $1,200, like that kind of shit. And so <laughs> basically after the first couple weeks of put, have having this land of having this store, um, Ubisoft partnered with a cryptocurrency provider called Tezos who has a currency called Tazons because, you know, all this shit's going to sound like far future fucking bullshit as we go. <laughs> um, so the entire volume that has been sold after a couple weeks for this, for, for this Ubisoft store uh, is equal to 94.49 uh, Tazons. Now one Tazon equals $4, which I, I will note uh, makes it an exchange rate worse than one bison dollar. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're a math wizard, uh, just under $400 of total volume have been moved in 15 total sales on the Ubisoft uh, NFT store, which oh is fucking God. great to me. I love this. I Jesus. love to see it. <laughs> One, Gamers I'm, really don't I'm, like this shit, man. Like, 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 nah, like yo, they came like out. It's not. And like, you're trying to grift people who know what this shit is, right? Yeah, like, they're not you're not stupid, gonna, man. Like, like, right, like these like, aren't fucking rubes that you're like, <laughs> that you're like, you know, going door to door selling snake oil. Yeah, you're like, these people are savvy. Yeah. A lot of them are. Right. Least. 
like, you know, God help all those, you know, I, I, I love all the parents who come in, used to come into GameStop and buy games and just not know what the game is, right? Like, I get it, right? But, like, you are trying to sell to people who know what this shit is <laughs> and know that it's a scam. And the people that would buy it don't know what this is, so they're not going to trust it. Yeah, I can go downstairs right now and t- tell my wife uh, uh, a Tazon, and she'll be like, "What is a Tazon? <laughs> We're not naming our child Tazon. Get out of here! Like that's ridiculous." So I just can't. Nah, man. Mm-mm. Here, but the the funny thing is, like the scam, like it's not like this is a new fucking grift, man. Like, like, like this, like the scams are the same. Like, like it's it's the same three grifts that just happen perpetually throughout history. It's just the it's just the delivery method gets more sophisticated. That's literally all this is. Like, you're literally speculating, and it, like NFTs thrive because of the greater fool economic theory and for those of you that don't know what the greater fool is just to sum it up in in a sentence basically you buy something assuming there's a bigger idiot than you out there that'll buy it from you for a higher price that's literally all it is yep so you're so you're just buying this thing that you are that you were hoping to resell for more money to make a profit off of it and the ultimate goal at the end of the day is to not be the one holding the bag (laughs) when, when, when 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 the bubble bursts on the marketplace. Yeah, man. That's literally uh, it. <laughs> you don't want to be Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness, right? Like he bought a bunch of like computers or whatever. Yeah. And just trying to sell them to people. Like, nah, man. Like it, it is, it is the, one of the oldest tricks in the book. And you're right. It hasn't changed. <laughs> so the bad news is, is that despite the fact that it, again, it's, it's just obvious bullshit. Uh, companies are, rushing to fucking get into this market as fast as they possibly can. And you would think like, I can't think of a company more diametrically opposed in its perception in various things than square right now. Right. Because square on one hand has like the most popular, a game so popular they had to stop selling it because they couldn't support the amount of popularity that the game had. Like they literally had to stop selling Final Fantasy 14 because too many people wanted to play it. So they're like, we just have, and, and by the way, mad respect to them for doing that. Like they could have usually just been like, oh, we're going to make as much money as we can. And people are going to be pissed off and have a shitty experience because, you know, they are going to have like, you know, miles long server queues because we don't have enough capacity to deal with this. But they're like, nah, this isn't, this isn't right. We need to stop selling the game for right now because we can't afford to add any new users to the marketplace because they're going to have a bad user experience, which I've ne- I never thought I'd see the fucking day where a video yeah. game company would prioritize UX over over profit. But here we are. Um, <laughs> but on the other hand, Square, the publisher of Marvel's Avengers. Um, <laughs> Square, Square, the company that didn't know how what, what to do with an outrageously successful live service game in Hitman. Literally didn't know what to do with it, and we're willing to just be like, "I'll just get rid of it" because we don't know what we don't know what we're doing with this right now. <laughs> so, like, like they they literally jettisoned IO Interactive just because they're just like, "Ah, we don't know." And now IO's making a James Bond game. So, great job, Square, you fucking yeah. idiots. Um, but 
<laughs> there was a letter that was released from the president of Square Enix, uh, Yosuke Matsuda, where he hopes that NFT and blockchain technology will become a major trend in gaming, uh, saying, quote, uh, <laughs> blockchain games are built upon the premise of a token economy and therefore hold the potential to enable self-sustaining game growth. Uh, and he also, the, and the, perhaps the grossest part of this letter is he says, and again, remind yourself that he's talking about video games. I realize that some people who play to have fun <laughs> and who currently form the majority of players have voiced their reservations towards these new trends and understandably so. But I believe that this will lead to more people devoting themselves to such efforts and to greater possibilities of games growing in exciting ways from having fun to earning to contributing a wide variety of motivations will inspire people to engage with games and connect with one another. It's blockchain based tokens that will enable this. I mean, this is literally, this is literally what, what like the, the corporate, like big wigs think of their workers. And Uh, now (laughs) you are trying to expand that into the consumer base. Here's, here's the next sentence. Ready, ready for this? Cause it just keeps getting better. Uh, quote, by designing viable token economies into our games, we will enable self-sustaining game growth. It is precisely this sort of ecosystem that lies at the heart as what I refer to as decentralized gaming. And I hope that this becomes a major trend in gaming going forward. Yo, he's literally, you're literally trying to outsource your game development to your gamers. What the fuck? Yeah, yo, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Oh shit. You are, you are creating, you are, you are trying to create content farms uh, that you as a company can profit off of instead of just making good games that will grow by, because they're good. Like, Oh, I don't know. Final fantasy fucking 14, which square fucking published. Like, I don't understand how like they have the most successful game in the industry right now, a live service game, a subscription based live service game, no less. That's making all the fucking money right now that has no signs of stopping making the fucking money that has possibly the most rabid and devoted and passionate fan base of any video game in the known universe right now. And they're just like, <laughs> we just don't have to know how to make games that are, that, that are going to be sustainable. We just don't know how to do it guys. The only way we can do it is to get into blockchain. A game that a game that existed died. You're right. And they believed in enough to resurrect, and now is the biggest thing out there. Yeah, but but, but Micah, <laughs> what, how are we going to create sustainable games, Micah? I don't know the answer to this question. Let's get in on this scam before the money, before the fucking gold gold tap dries up. Jesus, good Christ, lord, man. I am I am not going to enjoy this next year uh, covering this fucking story, which is not going to go away. It's only going to become more prevalent. And no, it's it's going to make me fucking miserable week to week. You 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 listeners, you viewers are going to see me devolve into fucking NFT psychosis over having to talk <laughs> about this bullshit. And it's the same fucking thing every time because not one, not anywhere in any of these fucking statements that these companies are putting out are they t- are they describing how the fuck NFTs are supposed to make games better and how the fuck they're supposed to make games more engaging to play. 
it's just about making fucking money. Like that's literally all it's about. Yeah. Like, like at least with the era of the plastic instruments and doohickeys and doodads, like at least that was some sort of gameplay innovation in Mm -hmm. quotes, but, and, and those things got on my nerves, right? Like they, but like you said, this is just, let's squeeze another couple of, let's see it. Let's see how we can fool people into giving us more money. Yeah. And look, I, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not like some, some, you know, person who's like, all corporations are evil and they don't need to exist. I mean, you know, only one of those is true, but at the same time, like, come on, man. Like you, you be, I mean, if you act evil, like don't get mad when people call you evil. Seriously. It's not, it's not fucking hard to figure out. It's so stupid. It's so dumb. God fucking hate it. Um, but yeah, more on this to come because, like I said, that the, the the train has fucking left the station at this point. Like it is, it, like it is not, it is not. Uh, we're not going to prevent it from leaving. Uh, we can only do our best to fucking make sure we're not participating in in the grift that's fucking going on with NFTs. <laughs> Don't buy a fucking NFT for Christ's sake. Yeah. Like I like yeah. I listen to all like like if you on Twitter like what, listening to blockchain Twitter is like it's it's like the next evolution of like Tesla Twitter and it's all the same people so like that's why it's also fucking hilarious because they're like oh like what if you know NFT ebooks like are are going to be fucking great like you can have an ebook that you can have in a file that you can then distribute them just like you just described the PDF like good job buddy like like, like we've literally we've literally had this for two decades at this point like what the fuck are you talking about Holy shit. It's insane. Um, So with NFTs going on with, you know, Activision Blizzard and Ubisoft being fucking awful uh, as companies, uh, one company that's really fallen off the radar somewhat because there hasn't been a lot of news about them recently was Riot Games, uh, who are, you know, the the OGs really of of getting workplace discrimination lawsuits tossed at them. Um, So they settled or they, they settled a lawsuit or they lost actually a lawsuit uh, back in 2019 that forced them to pay $10 million to thousands of folks um, that they discriminated against. Uh, The ruling was appealed and now Riot actually owes uh, $100 million to settle (laughs) the lawsuit uh, that they, that they had over there in 2018. So the majority of it, uh, about 80% of it will go to the women who either currently or formerly worked for Riot since November, 2014. Um, who will receive a part of the settlement. There's 2,300 uh, workers that are going to receive part of the settlement. Um, and then the rest of it will be paid uh, as attorney fees and miscellaneous expenses. Uh, as I heard on another podcast, if you wonder why more people don't step forward about this stuff, uh, it's because it's very expensive to go after giant fucking companies as evidenced by $20 million going towards the, the lawyers who fucking brought this suit <laughs> against riot games. Um, but this is cool. Like I said, that's not, I mean, to riot, it's not a ton because they make a shitload of money with League of Legends and a bunch of other stuff nowadays. But I mean, still, hundred million dollars is not a amount of money to just kind of sniff at and look the other way. Like that's and and since it's ten times more than the original judgment against them, uh, this is pretty good. Pretty good news. Pretty good story. I think. Yeah, man. Um, this is what needs to happen. Um, you know, companies need to be made examples of. Um, it's not even necessarily about the 
restitution being the amount of money. But when you see that big number, like that's all companies care about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, good. I'm I'm glad. I'm 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 glad. Like you can't you can't just uh, treat people like shit and then and then throw up a throw up a Netflix anime and hope people forget about it. Like, <laughs> nah, yo. Like they won't. Is it? So good. Pay up. Now the other the other flip side of this coin, and we've we've been talking about this on this show a lot, is that you know. When, when these stories come out, when you talk about workplace harassment and, and you find yourself in the news constantly, it is in the company's best interest to act and act quickly because those stories being allowed to linger and you not taking action to do anything about them will long term have huge detrimental effects. Uh, case in point, apparently uh, stat- people are leaving Ubisoft in such a rate that the that that employees are coining it the great exodus like that's literally what their name is so it's been underreported uh but in the past 18 months there have been many many people leaving ubisoft developers uh at all levels uh, a couple of the reasons cited for the departure uh low pay uh competitive opportunities elsewhere frustration at the creative direction of the company uh, unease at handling of workplace misconduct. Uh, and one of, and one experienced developer who left the company said, because of all of this stuff going on, if you're at a game company and you're trying to headhunt people and recruit people, it's like shooting fish in a barrel to go to Ubisoft right now <laughs> because they're not fucking doing anything about it. Uh, five of the top 25 developers credited, on Far Cry 6 uh, have left the company in the past year. Wow. Uh, 12 of the top 50 developers who worked on Assassin's Creed Valhalla have left the company over the past 18 months. Um, one programmer said that he was able to triple his pay by leaving Ubisoft. Jesus. Triple. 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 <laughs> triple. If so, so if you want, if you want an idea of what, uh, of, of, how Ubisoft's wages uh, compare uh, in the industry. There you go. Yeah, I was about to say, because it's not like, it's not like that means that Ubisoft is paying and then that new job pay them a lot more. No, that says that Ubisoft is underpaying people. Now Ubisoft is claiming that their, their attrition numbers (laughs) are only slightly higher uh, than normal. Um, I mean, what else are they going to say? (laughs) <laughs> in, in, in the wake of this news so yeah i mean like again like we've 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 been saying it like fuck around if you want but you will find out eventually and ubisoft yeah, i think man. is it sounds sounds to me like it's starting to find out and i get the sense uh that activision blizzard might be we might be seeing very similar stories about them uh you know closer to the end of this year uh if things go the way they're going with those books. Quite, quite frankly, I'm surprised that um, the mass exodus is starting with, uh, seems to be starting with Ubisoft. Hmm. I figured it would, uh, I figured it would be um, one of the companies located here, but maybe that's just a testament to how the job market is over there than it is over here. Yeah. Well, the, um, the other problem in America, 
with that kind of stuff is that like in, especially in reading that Jason Schreier book, which if you haven't press reset is excellent and should check it out. Um, it, It's hard, man, to be a developer in America because like studios like in, in Canada, like the studios are most of the bigger ones are concentrated in a couple of, you know, a couple of areas there. So like, even if you leave, you know, studio in Montreal, there's probably a couple others close by in Quebec that you can check out. But like in America, they're just all fucking over the place. Like there's a concentration in Austin and there's a whole bunch in, you know, Santa Monica and, and areas like that, of course. But outside of that, like it's a bit more disparate and it's hard to relocate. Now that's going to be a little bit easier as remote working uh, becomes more prevalent. And as more companies are finding that they can have the same output, um, having someone work remotely full time than having, having needing them in the office. Um, but that's, that's still a tough gig. If you're a developer picking up and moving constantly, like there are stories in that book of developers that literally traveled, you know, uprooted and moved across the country four or five times just to, you know, match whatever job they had at the time, which to me, as someone who's lived in the same, you know, around or generally around the same city, my entire life, um, is, crazy to to think about so yeah anyway um yeah good i'm glad uh i'm glad that uh ubisoft is uh finding out what happens when you treat people like garbage um i i, I don't have a segue go to densepixels.com slash amazon well if you amazon <laughs> if, you, if you like being treated like garbage <laughs> as, a, as a consumer <laughs> Um, when you go to densepixels.com slash Amazon for all of your Amazon purchases, you help us out a little bit. And um, and it's nice to help us out. I mean, yeah, you get what you want, but like we need your help. And it's the easiest way to help us out. Go to densepixels.com slash Amazon and uh, get what is on here. Get a Marvel Legends uh, Wolverine 5-pack for $120. It features Omega Red um cyber callisto uh jason wingard um and wolverine so there you go go uh go get that and then give it to me um <laughs> at deskpixels.com slash amazon <laughs> uh we we've had we've had a couple uh we've had a couple letters uh in the post office for a little while apparently louis DeJoy has has made his seedy hands uh into dense pixels and has slowed the mail from being delivered uh, we'll start with Max, who says, is there any games that flew under your radar or that you just haven't had a chance to get to yet that you'll want to try at some point in the future? Um, that flew under my radar. Not not really, but, you know, I'm very much um, I'm very much the uh, the. Um, big blockbuster game guy mm-hmm. and uh and and those games tend to uh get all the praise all the all the uh the ads um so i i know about them uh but if someone tells me uh that something is good uh i might check it out like that um like uh unsighted i i started looking up stuff and reading on it while you were talking about it. And that legit looks like interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I can, I can get over the fact that it, it looks like a game that I played 25 years ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, And it does, it does look interesting. Like I, I legit might check that out. 
so I mean that that is basically what my switch is is is, is I'm constantly finding games that you know uh, flew under my radar when they came out that uh mm-hmm. kind of like like for me like if I'm I'm the complete opposite where like the blockbuster games that I'm into I'll know about but if there's an indie game that comes out that I don't play when it first comes out that doesn't have a lot of hype behind it but people keep talking about it and keep talking about it and keep talking about it. Um, I'm going to probably find my way to it eventually. Uh, the next one on my list, as far as that goes, not on switch um, is the outer wilds. Cause everyone talks about how fucking amazing the outer wilds is. And I haven't played it yet. And I was getting ready to buy it on PlayStation cause it went on sale. And then literally today, uh, they announced the new Game Pass games for January, and they're just like <laughs> outer wilds. I'm like, well, man, this fucking Xbox is paying dividends like crazy already. Like it's just saved me. <laughs> like it, it literally saved me my Game Pass subscription cost for a month because it it's fifteen dollars on PlayStation. So, what uh, I'm very curious to see how you uh, how you take to that because it is a it's it's a good game, but mm-hmm. I but I'd never finished it. Yeah, and, I know. And- I I know a little bit about it. Like, obviously I've stayed away from spoilers because I've heard that it's, it's definitely a game that you don't want spoiled for you, um, that you want to experience it. Um, so I'm also curious to see how I take to it because if it doesn't, it's, it's like games nowadays, man, especially stuff like that. You've got like 90 minutes to at least hook me into what you're doing. And if you can't get me in 90 minutes, then I'm probably dipping off at that point. Like, yeah, I'll, but I'll, but I'll give you a fair shake. I'll give you a fair shake. You might have to give that a solid, you might have to give that, uh, you might have to give that like a solid two hours. I mean, that's to, only 30 minutes more than 90 minutes. So like that's, that's well, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. So it, it, you gotta, you gotta kind of, you'll get the vibe very quickly. Yeah. Once you've reached the first town. Of what that game is, but I mean, like, like this is a game that's so good that they just, they had an expansion come out this year, and people that are fans of the game even said, like, man, the expansion's not quite as good as the original, uh, but it's still my number one game of the year. I'm like, that's really fucking high praise to to throw this row on something <laughs> to be like, hey, this expansion is not as good as the original game, but it's still the best game that I played this year. I'm like, well, that's that's insane to me. Um, but go figure. So we're going to check that out and uh, and we'll give it a shot. Uh, Daniel asks, what is your high score for number of tries to kill a single boss? Number of tries to kill a single boss. Um, I don't a know fighting game boss, right? For you. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's like, a, it's like, um, it's like God Rugal or, or, or some shit like that from like, uh, and from like Capcom versus SNK. Um, and um, I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I, I watch a couple of YouTubers who um, who do this, right? And there was recently a um, a, a mod out for Marvel vs. Capcom three, and I watched a couple of YouTubers who uh, uh, went to go fight Galactus, and it's supposed to make Galactus like the hardest fucking thing in the game, right? Like an SNK level boss. Um, because the, the Galactus in the vanilla game is not difficult to beat at all, right? Is very simple. Um, but Justin Wong, uh, you know, championship uh, um, uh, fighting game player, uh, it took him over two hundred tries to beat this boss, this modded Galactus. Um, I don't have the patience for that shit. <laughs> I really, really don't. Um, 
so I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's a it's it's any fighting game. Like I'm curious to see I'm curious to see how um how King of Fighters 15 handles their final boss cuz I haven't I haven't played an SNK game in a long time and I'm going to get King of Fighters 15. And um yeah, I'm just I'm just curious. I haven't played one in a long time. Uh yeah, I don't have a number, but it was probably a fighting game. Mine was probably an action adventure game of some kind. Um, I'm just trying to think of any, like nothing stands out as being particularly frustrating. Um, there are certainly bosses that I've had to take, you know, nine, 10, 11 cracks at. But at that point, like in most cases, especially in games like that, that are more action adventure. It's not because the boss is too hard. It's because I'm not doing what I need to do. Like I know what I have to do. Um, I'm just not doing it. Like there's a boss in unsighted right now that I'm fucking tangling with. Sorry, a mini boss, no less that just like, that's like giving give me fits. And like, it's not like his patterns aren't hard. Like they're very easy to figure out. I'm just not executing like that. Like that's my fucking problem. So, yeah. um, so like, yeah, it's like they're inevitably every game like that is usually going to have at least one boss <laughs> kind of like that for me that it just takes me a few extra tries to to wrap my brain around. Um, you know, weirdly enough, in I don't know why I remember this in Link to the Past, the first boss of the Dark World, um, that fucking like scorpion that has the helmet that you have to break off with the hammer for mm-hmm. some reason used to just frustrate the piss out of me. And it's not like, again, not like it was a great mystery on how to beat it. Like it just used to, I just used to die all the time to it, which, which made me very angry. <laughs> um, that, 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 that one sticks in my head for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, Film Wander asks, what game has the best music in 2021? I guess, I guess we're going to have to go with what we played because I don't think that we've really played any of the ones that were <coughs> highly regarded as having the best music. I mean, of the games I've played, you know, I I feel like it's a cheat to say, um, I feel like it's a cheat to say more Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. right? But music is implemented very well in that game, uh, especially the licensed music and not just, you know, the, uh, the super mode where like you huddle up and then uh, you try to motivate your team and then... Uh, some licensed music plays or something like that, you know, kickstart my heart or some shit plays. But um, the music in the cutscenes is some of the scenes also have licensed music. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's flashbacks to when Peter is a child and he's listening and the radio was playing in the background and um, and the the na- the song either the name of the song or the lyrics of the song tie to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't give an example off the top of my head, but yeah, it's it, sometimes it's like on the nose and it's just like, all right, I, you know, I, I get it. Right. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but other times it's a little more subtle and, and it's not like, it's not like blaring, you know what I mean? Like it's in the background. And if you're, if you're not paying attention to it, you wouldn't notice it. Um, the only other music that I really dug was, um, in death loop mm-hmm. and, um, oh, yeah. that's just cause you know, the, the, I like the like sixties, like 
Bond-esque, but like somewhat updated type of music. You know what I mean? Like mm. it, 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 that music fits well with the vibe that that game is going for. I'm looking at my top 10 right now. Um, as far as games of the year, uh, not the best music Re- returnal has the best sound design. Like it's cool how much, how important sound is to that game, but it doesn't have a great sound. doesn't have great music. Um, uh, I mean, unsight has got a really dope, uh, soundtrack associated to it. Um, I'm looking through my list. I mean, it, it feels like a cheat to say, uh, shovel Knight pocket dungeon has a great soundtrack. Cause it's, they're just remixes of the shovel Knight songs, which are also fucking excellent, but that's, I mean, that's fucking up there as well. Um, yeah, like that. I, uh, it's probably unsighted for me as far as what I played this year. Small shout out to loop hero. If you, if you like chiptune soundtracks, cause loop hero has a banger chiptune soundtrack as well. So, there you um, go. That's worth checking out too. Uh, finally, Johnny says after watching uh, Punk and not not CM Punk, uh, <laughs> Punk Punk yeah. the Punk the fighting game, bro, uh, lose five hundred bucks, and also watching people lose lose to Pokemon uh, Nuzlocke bets. Uh, is it ever a good idea to listen to the chat or any backseat gamer? Uh, also, how much are you willing to wager to prove you can win at your favorite competitive video game? Um, one watching punk lose $500 was, uh, wonderful to me because I find punk incredibly annoying. Um, I, I just, I, I don't, his voice, his look, his attitude, everything about him. I find annoying. Uh, he can put my ass in a fighting game, uh, but not in the fighting game of life. Um, <laughs> so watching him lose $500, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, was wonderful to me. Um, no, I, I I used to, when I used to go to Otakon, you know, I'm one of those nerds that was like, that was, or is, depending on who you talk to, um, not nerdy enough for the nerds, but too nerdy for the quote unquote normal people. So I would go to things like Otakon, but like I would go to play video games. Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going there to, you know, to dress up or, or go to too many panels. Right. And I would go and I would play fighting games. And one of my friends, he would always try to help me out. Cause look, I, you know, I'm not bad. I'm not good, but I'm not bad. Right. But he, but he would always try to help me out, you know, and just ch- telling me, okay. So it's the most annoying fucking thing in the world is what I'm saying. So don't listen to the chat. Like you will figure out how to play the game by playing it. And would I ever wager anything to prove that I'm, I'm as good at something. Let me tell you something. If I'm willing to bet you on something, I'm right. Like, don't, (laughs) don't, if I've, if I initiate and I say, do you want to bet? You just know that I am right. And you are wrong because I am not, I, I am I am so risk adverse when it comes to fucking throwing money away for nothing. That no, when I say, "Do you want to bet?" You better turn your ass around because you are wrong. <laughs> when I was in my early twenties, um, I would have wait. I, I would have bet on myself. Had I the money to throw away, um, I would have bet on myself for 
at least a couple of hundred bucks in a game of Madden against 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 a regular dude like like not you know not like a Madden pro obviously but like yeah. back in the day um yeah I, I was good enough that I I felt confident enough to beat regular gamers uh to the tune of a couple hundred dollars if I if I was if I was so inclined <laughs> um now no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not there's 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 not a game out there uh that I have played that I feel I'm skilled enough at to wager dollars uh, to, to reinforce my skill. <laughs> um, no, not, not, not anymore. Like those, those days are far behind me uh, because I don't have the practice time to put in uh, as, as I used to back in the day. Yo, $500. Yeah. is a lot of money. For, I, I, for, for a fight. I've told, I've told the story of my greatest, <laughs> the video game like competitive my competitive video game of all time am i not on the show i think um, i have it's, but it's been a while so if you're a new listener so madden 03 um was a game that i was very good at and i had a friend who was not as good as me and he couldn't beat me so he he resorted to i don't i don't remember what we wagered but we wagered something and he says, you know, he's like, I may not be able to beat you in Madden, but you can't shut me out. And I said, hmm. not only will I shut you out in a game of Madden, I will beat you 71 to nothing. And I picked 71 to nothing because 71 Jeez. is my favorite is my favorite number. And so he said, you're like, he's like, I can't lose. I can't lose. So we started playing. He had wit. I, I had witnesses, by the way, like, like there's witnesses to the story. Um, we started playing and sure enough, uh, I'm whipping his ass. Like, like I'm unbeatable on defense. I'm running up the score on offense. Like I am beating the shit out of him. So it's clear I'm, I'm all on the way. So I score a touchdown and I'm at 68 points. So I realized like, oh shit, like I am at 68 points. I don't want to kick this extra point because that way I need a field goal to get to 71 to come to come true to my word. So I so I I run a two point conversion out of bounds, uh, get the ball back from him on the ensuing uh, drive from him, march down the field, kick a field goal. It's 71 to nothing. The entire fucking, you know, every every like my friends there losing their mind. They can't believe that I fucking that I fucking call a <laughs> shot. What does my friend who I'm playing do on the ensuing kickoff after the field goal? He runs the ball out of the back of the end zone to take a to take a safety to to make it 73. <laughs> <laughs> Which was very clever on his part, I do admit. That I still I still won the bet. Like like everyone there would not let him uh would not let him take that take the <laughs> way out to losing the bet there. So that that was my greatest uh that was my greatest yeah, competitive right. gaming triumph of all time. Yeah, he did a chicken shit heel move. He did. <laughs> like, I, I, I respect it. I respect it. I respect oh, the hell shit. out of it. So uh good times. Um so that's the show this week. Happy to be back. Um as Mike had mentioned earlier, don't forget to go to densepixels.com slash fans to join the Discord. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the show wherever you download podcasts. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash dense pixels. And again, uh, follow us on Twitch. Uh, you can find us at dense pixels. There's a lot of like fake dense pixels accounts. Uh, if you just go to twitch.tv slash dense pixels, that's our account. Uh, you can also follow me at dense pixels, Brad, Terrence is apparition 410, Carrie, something to carry. 
I'm not a New Year's resolution guy. I really want to do more uh, with Twitch this year and this new fancy software that uh, that you guys have been uh, able to provide us with thanks to your premium support on the network uh, has made it a lot easier to do that. So it's something that I'd like to try to do um, this year. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but that is it for us. Thank you guys very much for watching and listening. And we will see you all the next time. See you.